Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode 208 of the Spoiler Alert podcast, brought to you by MovieOutsiders.com. This is Mike, I'm here with Danny, and tonight we're going to be discussing the very recently released comedy drama Tully, starring Mark Duplass. Danny, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I love that you quoted Mark Duplass as the (laughs) only named actor in this film. Right. Uh, despite Charlize Theron being an Academy Award winner and the headliner, and, and Mackenzie Davis playing the the named title character, so right. I love that Mark Duplass gets top billing. Right, right. By the way, is it Duplass or Duplass? I, I guess I don't really know. I okay. should have YouTubed that first. There's no way to check. No way to check. We and we wouldn't anyway. I'm par- apparently lost <laughs> to the ages. Right. Uh, so. What are you going to do? Hey, uh, one thing I wanted to bring up in our last episode and didn't get a chance to, I don't know if you've been following, MoviePass is a service that you and I both uh, enjoy to different levels right? and certainly use and have talked about it a number of times in the show. Uh, they're, the stock of the company that owns them is tanking. <laughs> and I mean big time. Which is it problematic a- for me because I went all in on them. Right, it was yeah. it was always a low a low uh, a low share price stock, but I when I looked, it was like sixty cents a share. That's not good. And down sixty percent in a week. And this is because they reported financials last week and reported that they had about fifteen million dollars in cash on hand and about twenty one million dollars in a- accounts receivable and in, in, in money due to them. But they spend about twenty four million dollars a month on movie tickets. So we've so, got we got about a month here to right. use that up. Yeah, right. Now the, the CEO quickly came out this week and said that's a bunch of hogwash. He <laughs> said they've got a huge credit line uh, before they have to raise any equity or do anything. Where they've got fifteen months worth of cash just sort of available to them should they need it. He was also apparently at the Cannes Film Festival looking to make acquisitions. As though Movie Pass itself is going to be a studio or start right. buying films. I don't know what the plan is here, but, but folks, if you're using Movie Pass, get out there and enjoy it. You, I, I think we're in trouble here. You, you can only see each movie one time, so you're you're going to want to go every day for at least a couple of weeks. Here, that's probably what we got. This is the same CEO that got in all kinds of hot water though by by kind of bragging at a tech conference about how savvy. They are with using the mobile app to track all of our locations and report back to yes. theaters where we are and what we're doing before and after we see a movie. So I don't know how much, and then, which he quickly dialed back when totally people exploded the next yep, day. Yep, and now, yep, yep. now I, I don't know how much I can trust the fact that he's just got cash laying around to fund this. And don't worry, we'll be solvent for years. So it could be it could be a service around for a long, long time. I certainly hope it is. I enjoy using it right. despite their right. ever changing terms and conditions. Um, but it, but maybe not. So I, I strongly encourage anyone who's a current user to to really make the most of it and make sure you you get your your subscriptions money's worth. I can't believe with it as often as we talk about it that they could be in any kind of financial trouble. Well, for sure. We've endorsed them for years. Right, right, right. Yeah. Huge, huge endorsements. Well, tonight we're here to talk about a movie that um, is small and certainly is is at risk of getting lost in the shuffle as we move through the beginning of summer blockbuster season. We've had the Avengers. Deadpool 2 is opening. Solo, a Star Wars story opens. And on and on and on. And yet we find ourselves reviewing this small very intimate kind of family drama 
and I'm really excited to talk about it. Why don't you kick us off with a plot recap? I will do so. Uh, Tully is the story of Margot, played by Charlize Theron, who is a, I don't know, 40-ish something mother of two who finds herself pregnant for a third time with a husband who definitely seems checked out, a rich asshole brother, an obnoxious sister-in-law, and who is, if she's not already postpartum depressed, she's headed there. She's on her way. Yeah, She's on her way. And as she has the baby, the overwhelming stress of daily life with demanding kids and a vacant husband have just left her worn to a nub. And she, at a low point, she begrudgingly accepts a gift that was given to her by her rich a-hole brother of a night nurse. She calls this night nurse, which she thinks is a weird idea, and in walks Tully, a 26-year-old sprite played by Mackenzie Davis, who is a breath of fresh air, who immediately tells Margot, shoo, shoo, shoo. Margot gets sleep, and over the coming weeks, we see her return to her human self, find some normalcy, regain control of her life, all the while bonding with Tully and coming to terms with her more mundane suburban existence as Margot had once been a hard partying Brooklyn I don't know Liberty Gibbet? I don't know what the word would be. <laughs> sure. Anyway yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. Things come to a head between Margot and Tully. There is a traumatic event, which I'm sure we will spoil later in the episode, which leads us to reframe the entire movie Margot's relationship with Tully, that with herself and of her husband and children, and we set off into a slightly happier, if uncertain, future for Margot. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good, that's good recap. I like that. Yeah, yeah. What did you think of the movie? I I really enjoyed the movie. I oh, I liked okay. it quite a bit. I think that this was such an interesting concept for a movie. This isn't the kind of story that we typically get, and. We've said about several movies in the recent past, this is the movie I wish they would make more of. Yeah, I yeah. remember us talking about The Lobster in that way. This is oh. a much less weird another movie I wish they would make more of. I really enjoyed it. Well, and this is written, we should we should mention, this is written by Diablo Cody, who won an Academy Award for writing Juno, which was directed by Jason Reitman. The two of them collaborated again on a movie called Young Adult, starring Charlize Theron. And this is their third collaboration, again starring Theron. And I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, this is that mid-budget, made-for-adults, there's no crossover appeal. This is not existing intellectual property. There's no way to turn this into a TV show or a comic book (laughs) or launch a web series or whatever else Hollywood is doing. This is it. This is a standalone. This is just a story. This is just an interesting story. I think it was told well. I think the movie's got some challenges, especially in the third act, mm-hmm. but I really enjoyed the movie as well. Yeah. I, I find it interesting that you considered her brother a rich asshole. While rich, I really liked the Mark du- Duplass, Duplass character. I actually thought that he and his wife were great, if if not a bit aloof and and um, you know, maybe unaware of how they're their words might have consequences. But I, I didn't think that they were assholes. I really liked all four of of the the lead characters in the the, the two married couples, as well as, uh, of course, Tully. I, I like her as well. Well, Ron Livingston plays Charlize Theron's husband. 
And I I really normally like him. I struggled with him in this movie Hmm. because his character does seem just completely disengaged from life in general. Like he doesn't seem to have a great relationship with his kids. He doesn't seem to have a good relationship with his wife. He doesn't seem overly committed to anything except his job. But even then, not not really. really. So it was hard for me to really uh, warm up to him in any way. And and he sort of has a very late in the game – turnaround which i didn't know was fully earned or i didn't i couldn't quite sink my teeth into but i did think duplass and especially his wife were rich a-holes they were that rich couple that just rub everyone the wrong way plus his wife is this perky tiny little size zero woman who says things like oh i remember the ninth month of pregnancy i could barely make it to the gym (laughs) that that i'm not a nine-month pregnant woman but I wanted to slap. Oh, those, her those for lines are great. I mean, the, the, so those are the types of things they would just toss off. Where you're like, "Are you kidding me? Did you just say that? Like, are you so separate from the the rest of the herd? You don't understand that you're abhorrent and everything you say is awful." I had a little more sympathy for the Drew character, uh, Marlo's husband, played by Ron Livingston. In that, I, I mean, I guess I just saw him going through. A lot of what she was going through without postpartum depression. Like, he just seemed sort of worn down by the grind of life. Like, I think you saw him doing the the after-school homework and, and, like, checking off the boxes that you're supposed to do as a dad. I guess I didn't see her doing much differently. You know, of course, she's going through a medical condition at the time as well. But I, I guess I just sort of feel like the two of them were... You know, middle class suburbanites did not intend to have a third child, but right. here it is. And both kind of struggling, like, you know, where does their relationship fit into their lives anymore versus right. what do they need to do for their child, one of whom has special needs. It just, I mean, I, I just, I guess I saw them as as kind of two peas in a pod. I, I was a little more sympathetic to him. That's fair. I, I will say right up front, though, one, one thing I did really enjoy and much will be made of Charlize Theron's performance. Mm-hmm. I thought she was great. I don't think I think people are already making a lot out of it in that she she has an amazing physical transformation. Sure. And it's almost like she's revisiting the territory. She she walked in monster. <laughs> and I just think this, she now, wants her on. second Oscar. So she's getting pregnant. Yeah, now, come right, on. Right. Eileen Woodrow's right was <laughs> ghastly to look at and there you did take this flawless model of Charlize Theron and just make her look like a side of beef and in this movie she's just a normal lady she just looks like a 40 year old pregnant woman who's still pretty good looking like I mean she's still Charlize Theron even in those scenes where she's trying to like work off some of the weight or just kind of get back into shape or, or just feel good about herself she's still a lovely lady and Again, I, I think yeah. anyone who's going to like body shame her or make her feel like some gross <laughs> whale right. is like a Mark Duplass and his wife type of character. Like, yeah. go screw yourself, <laughs> you horrible, horrible jackass. And just say, <laughs> let's, let's set that aside and just say she acted her ass off. Yeah. And she was – it was really well written and it was really well acted and it was a brave movie I think in that this movie does not shy away from those scenes where – a parent is struggling right you know when she's dealing with her her son who's got clearly special needs autism he's on the spectrum she gets frustrated and she lets it out and it's not it's a warts and all in that sense of 
you've all felt that frustration right. and she just it has to let it go. And we don't often see that in movie. Movie parents are often super understanding, super perfect. Yeah. They're struggling to juggle it all, but somehow, by God, they do. Not her. And and I think that you mentioned how well it was written. I, I completely agree. I think that I think that Diablo Cody struck a very good balance here, uh, you know, between keeping this an intimate, small family drama with a lot, a lot of tugging at the heartstrings throughout, and then a, a correct balance of an appropriate comic relief moment. Now, I saw it in a small theater with a small audience, but loud laughs at a couple of of great lines. There's a, a scene where where Marlo gets a a glass of something dumped on her and out of disgust, she just takes off her shirt at the dinner table, sitting right. there in her bra and, and her daughter looks at her and asks, mom, what happened to your body? And like, like as if she needed one more thing one last before the, the final right. synapse just, just goes nuts in her brain. Great, great line. And, and, and one that I'm, I'm sure uh, mothers just after childbirth could certainly relate to. It's it's a rough time. Completely. And, and it, I think Diablo Cody and Jason Reitman and Charlize Theron take the character there. They go about as low as she could get. And then, you know, you, you kind of go through that that valley. And then when Tully arrives and is such a breath of fresh air and you start to see the transformation in... Margot as a character back to self-confidence, back to sanity, back to well-rest, well-rested. I mean, it's such a turnaround. I was so happy for her. Yeah. I was happy for her. I was happy for her kids. I was happy for her family and for her husband. It just felt like, wow, this is such a great story. And then the scene happened, and then the last third of the movie it kind of went off the rails for me. Yeah, I agree. When she showed up, I jotted down how much I suddenly missed the days of my children being babies, which isn't something I often think back to and miss. I loved them as babies, but I have a lot more fun with them now than I did when they were infants. I, I would sure. I would take today over eight, nine years ago, any day of the year. Yet when when Tully shows up, it's suddenly like awesome to have a baby again because mom's a little calm. Immediately preceding that is probably the most stressful five-minute montage I've ever seen in oh, film, which terrible. is just Mia, the new baby, coming home and Marlo kind of handling all three kids on her own at once. It's set to really loud rock music, and it is just five minutes of every kind of situation you get into as a brand new parent. Kind of set as like probably what happened in a day. And uh, and that that was it was, it was a great uh, whiplash when Tully arrives and you can appreciate the baby in there because up until then I was sort of afraid as to what direction this was going to take like how bad right. it, how tragic could this get and it could have right it could have gone into like lifetime movie of the week territory and it could have just become the most depressing thing you've ever watched right. instead of it balancing on that knife's edge of. This is what it's like. Right. Like for anyone who's about to have a kid, I'm sorry. That five minutes is what it's like. And it's only worse, <laughs> in my case, for my wife, you know, who who is getting up more often. Who is taking, I mean, the, to see Margot struggle like that, it's just, it was so hard to watch. 
But Tully, as played by Mackenzie Davis, who uh, people may recognize from the movie The Martian mm-hmm. um, or from Blade Runner 2049, I thought she was fantastic. Yeah. And she has such an energy and so positive. I wrote my notes. This woman is 100% likable. What's wrong with her? Yeah. Like I, I felt like that's the next thing we were waiting for yep. is to find out, so what the hell's wrong with Tully? And you clearly do get that in the third act, which I do feel like th- these were – both Marlo and Tully were characters that in the second act of the movie I was completely falling in love with. You could yes. you, you could be sympathetic to mom. You really appreciated Tully for showing up and kind of saving the world. And then things start to get really, really weird. Discussions that get too intimate. A situation in the bedroom that gets way well, too intimate. Let's spoil... Okay, spoiler alert uh, is the name of the show. I mean... When Margot allows Tully to allow her to seduce her husband, Drew, and they go up to the bedroom and Drew's asleep and Tully is wearing the waitress outfit that Margot had purchased to spice up their marriage and basically the three of them have sex, I, w- I just wrote, you lost me. Yeah, Like this I, was going so well. I was really enjoying it. I thought, this is a great movie. Everyone should see this movie. And then I thought, oh, oh, no. No. It, ju- it just seems no. it just seems so out of character yeah. that, that I couldn't get behind it. Then, of course, they start having discussions about, you know, what Tully's life is like in the present day. And, of course, what, what Marlo used to be like once upon a time, which... Apparently wasn't a good girl back in the high school college days, despite the the you know responsible adult loving mother she has has become. Uh, I, I just started to think that it got a, just really weird. But there's a twist, and so so many of the things that I jotted down on the list of I, I can't get behind this and what's up with this, I ended up scratching off because they. They surprise you with the twist in the end that made a lot of it all of a sudden make sense. And I think that the the scene where the two of them are driving back to the old hometown in Brooklyn for a night out, they're playing the Cyndi Lauper album, She's So Unusual, on the way there. And so it's just like several cuts of this car driving to Brooklyn in like three second little bursts of every song on that right, album. because they live that, so far away. That I'm thinking is so unusual. Why would you be playing this album? This is, and then we, the, the twist reveals all. And, and so I guess that eventually I could get behind it and sort of nod and say, okay, I, I get the decision they were making there. But yeah, it was becoming quite unbelievable and a little bit frustrating for the last half hour or so. Now, let me ask you this. Um, this so we, we had one spoiler, folks. Here comes the, the big twist. This movie has a twist ending, uh, which I'm going to spoil. And the twist ending is that Tully doesn't exist. That Margot um, apparently was staying up all night and doing all the things that Tully was supposedly doing. She was cleaning the house. She was baking cupcakes for the kids. She was taking care of Mia so beautifully. She was seducing her husband. And by all those things that we as the audience were giving Tully the credit for and seeing Margot's life improve as a positive, at the end they say that Margot is suffering from intense Exhaustion, sleep deprivation, deprivation, because she's been running herself to the absolute ragged bone doing all these things. It's suddenly like, well, 
she shouldn't have been doing all that, right? Like suddenly all those negative, all those positives are negatives again. Right. And she stretched herself too thin. And it, and then you just like the husband more, right? Like like why are you not helping? Yeah. Right. Right. And so it just, I felt like the first third of the movie, everyone is an asshole. The kids are assholes. The principal's an asshole or brother and sister-in-law are assholes. Everyone sucks. Husband, everyone sucks. And then the middle, Tully is such a ray of sunshine. Life turns around. Everything gets better. It's wonderful. And then to have it all kind of yanked back out from under us, I was really, I didn't know how to take the movie at the end. I didn't know what we were left with of so, Margot is just absolutely empty at this point. She's just at zero. And I guess what the positive is that Drew finally notices. Yeah, I guess. And that maybe he decides can he can help out a little out. more. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like he's helping out all that much. And then at the end, her her autistic kid is magically fine or better. Mm-hmm. I just I just felt like the ending was a little. I didn't think we needed a twist, and it it didn't add anything to me. Oh, okay, all right. How about it, you? Well, I guess again for me, it it's not like the twist was exciting for me in the way that the final five minutes of Sixth Sense were really exciting for me, and I did kind of not see that coming. I didn't see this coming, but it didn't incite that sort of gasp i guess it just made a lot of the weird esoteric conversations between the two of them in the last half hour of the movie make a lot more sense because essentially tully which is her maiden marlo's maiden name right is the younger version of her the right. the right. hipster free spirit sexually uninhibited fun girl around brooklyn that you know, she. I, I think she. She just mourns the loss of her her younger self because right. in the last half hour they're just having really weird dialogue that I couldn't quite get what was happening. I didn't know what was going right. to happen in that bar bathroom. Then when she announces that she has to leave and it's because she was just bridging a gap. Like I didn't understand that was a really weird way to resign. Like all of it just seemed so weird. And then I just kept crossing them off. Like oh, all right, now I get it now, but. Uh, See, but I guess that's like a, okay, there was, okay, even your response is like, okay, there was a twist, I guess I'll cross these off. It's like, they're not really resolved, it's not really addressed, but I guess I'm supposed to just cross these off and sort of (laughs) shut up and accept this twist and I guess we enjoy the movie because there was a twist. It just felt like such a movie artifice as opposed to giving us a real story. The story would have been so much more satisfying, in my opinion, had Tully quit and moved on because she had to. Because she was there to bridge the gap to get Margot through, and then Margot and her family sort of learn to cope without Tully, or she's back on her feet and life just moves on. That's an important story, I think, for people to watch and a human story worth watching. Sure. And by having this twist at the end, like get it, she was actually crazy well, and delusional. Well, it's like uh, it's almost like Sixth Sense, some sort of. M. Night Shyamalan, the last five minutes, pull the rug out from under you. And yeah, and, and it's what, just cheap. And, and what does it say about moms who are actually suffering from this? Is this an advocacy movie for night nurses? Which is, by the way, a thing I didn't know existed. I mean, I guess I should have assumed that such a thing would exist in the world, but I'd never heard that term before. Rich like, a-holes use them. What, what is this movie saying about poor mom who is burning it at both ends with an infant in the house? I mean... Like, and I and I think back to those days in my life, and I think, well, thank God my wife didn't go through that 
you know, but we were both kind of out of our minds. We were both sure. up all night. We were having weird conversations in the middle of the night that neither of us could recall the next day. Like, right, I mean, right. it's it's a really rough period of time. And it, it also made me wonder, well, to what extent was she perhaps going through it? Like, at, at what level is it something that, like, maybe everybody does, every young mother does on some spectrum? It's just that for some people it gets really severe, like in the case of poor Marlo. That's fair. Speaking of the spectrum, what's up with them brushing their kid like a horse? And then later telling somebody, I brush him like a horse. Well, there's actually a, a there's actually like that therapy is named after somebody too, which I thought was really interesting. I wrote, what's up with Jonah, the kid that's getting brushed, not just freaking out when his mom is brushing his feet. I'm so ticklish. Like if I get a <laughs> massage and they touch my feet, I'm like kicking them away and screaming and laughing. Like I don't understand how he was able to keep it together through that scene. And what's up with Jonah throwing that tantrum about what parking lot they use at school? Oh, I mean, boy, that was rough. My kid reserves that kind of full on meltdown for important things. Like when you ask him to use the restroom before dinner and he doesn't feel like he needs to. Right, right. Yeah, like important right. things. Big time. Right. right. What's up with um, uh, Margot's brother, Mark Duplass, whose boss gave him a Japanese soaking tub? <laughs> Whose boss gives them a soaking tub? I know. Maybe, now, maybe he's an interior designer, or maybe he works for a tub company. We don't really learn what he does, do we? We don't. We, we just know we just he's well off. His house is amazing, but that's a weird thing for your boss to give you. That's odd. That's like hashtag me too. <laughs> right? It's like your boss gives you a Japanese soaking tub for two with like a picture of like this, him or herself this is too and just much. says us. Yeah. And you're this like, is, hey. This is a step too far. <laughs> right. What's up? So with Marlo and Drew listening each to one earbud while packing the kids' lunch, that would drive me nuts. That would I drive can, me bonkers. I yeah. cannot if if I ever have like a pair of earbuds that I'm working out with and one of them like goes bad, like it's an old pair of earbuds, and so like the connection goes bad. I could be mid marathon and I just toss the things aside. Like, well, this is garbage. This is, this yep. is garbage. I, I can't I would rather listen to silence than one ear of music. It's like Seinfeld's belt buckle that touched the <laughs> urinal just, just right in the trash. What's up with the vibe of the birth scene? Does anyone want to be there? No. Like the husband, Margot, the they nurse. just kind of walk in. Yeah, they're like, hey, I guess we're having a baby. And, like it just, it couldn't have been more blasé. This was kid rough. was not a gift from God. This was not a welcome <laughs> addition to their family it was this sad just, it, was it was very really sad. sad even, even the yeah. nurse that like gives her the the numbing injections kind of you're gonna feel a pinch okay great job like oh nobody there wants this baby what's up with what a douche drew is every night playing video games with his little headset on and what's up with this whole the whole twist ending relies upon the fact that he never goes downstairs never, to introduce himself he to never tell him. met her yeah he yeah. doesn't even get out of the bedroom he just says oh that stranger's here to take care of my five-day-old baby he had okay. no interest in meeting her whatsoever Weeks go by he's never met her he doesn't even <laughs> ask about her doesn't want to go down and meet her crazy what's up with the breast milk scene 
in the bar? I, yes, like, in the <laughs> bar, in a bathroom, at a Brooklyn bar, one woman just milking another woman's breast. And it totally to looks spray milk into a toilet. It totally looks like CBGB's in that bathroom. Yeah. Like it is yes. it's a rough looking place to be expressing yourself over a toilet. That was a yeah. rough one. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Mike, are you ready for five questions? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Five listener-submitted questions. Thank you, listeners. Here come questions for Tully. Uh, Mike, question number one. Tully's release date was postponed a week to avoid Avengers Infinity War. Is there really that much overlap in these target audiences that they had to make room for Avengers? I have to think no. And pushing it back a week, what the hell difference is that going to make? Or was it two? I guess it was two weeks, wasn't it? When did it come out? No, it was one week. They pushed it back one week. Like, (laughs) Avengers is going to do more 10 weeks from now than Tully did on opening weekend, right? (laughs) I think you're probably right. I don't think it made much of a difference. This this seems like more of an award season kind of film, quite honestly. With the pedigree that it's got, I would have put this into a fall release category. I agree. Now, again, these are listener-submitted questions, so let's keep that in mind. Okay. Question number two. Uh, Charlize Theron gained 50 pounds in just three and a half months for this role, then took 18 months to shed it. What the hell took her so long? Oh, Danny, how dare you? That is a horrible <laughs> question. <laughs> I, 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 how much did she gain from Monster? Like, it had to have been quite a bit back then. I think this is this is getting to be her Oscar-winning shtick, right? Like, I'm going to... I'm going to gain some weight. I just reject the premise of the question entirely because it's an asshole question. (laughs) Question number three. Does this movie's twist make it better or worse? Or just different? Yeah, I I think just different. I I think that this movie could have done without the twist and could have been an even better film as a result of it. The, The twist itself, I thought, made it sort of unique. Fair enough. Question number four. Postpartum support international president Ann Smith told the New York Times that the mommy world is up in arms about this film and that her nonprofit organization has been fielding multiple complaints. Are all movies controversial now? (laughs) Can we just not have nice things? Yeah, (laughs) right. I I guess so. I I don't I guess I don't quite know where the controversy controversy is. Unless it has something to do with what I mentioned earlier about, you know, like, is this supposed to be an advocacy for people to get night nurses, but lots of mothers can't afford that, and this paints them with a bad brush? I don't know. I, I really don't know what this, what they, what's controversial about the movie. I, I think it's a, it's a sad, difficult story to watch, and something that happens to some women after they give birth. I, I don't know what the controversy is. You just made a lot of people angry by answering yeah, I guess, that way. I guess just so. You know, just so you know, there will be Twitter comments about like, your horrible be, response and what a, ju- like, what a jerk like you a are. Like a controversy about any movie with some sort of like disease or medical condition. Like, yeah, but they happen. So what, what makes it controversial? I don't know. Question number five. If you could choose anything from your browser history for your wife to reenact, what would it be? And that's five questions. Hey, hey thanks, right. listeners. Great questions. Buddy, your final <laughs> thoughts on the movie Tully. Despite what I think we both agreed about the trouble in the, the end of the movie, I really think that it's a movie worth seeing. And just, again, a, a really unique story that I wish they made more like. I think the movie's really well made. I think the movie's really well acted. I think the soundtrack kicks ass. There's a great James Bond cover 
uh, of You Only Live Twice by some female-led folk band or something yeah. that I really I really dug. Uh, but I could do without the twist. And I I struggled a little bit with what a big prick everybody was in the movie other than Margot. Uh, but still worth seeing. Definitely worth seeing and definitely worth talking about. All right, what do we got coming up next? Coming up next, the Best Picture Choosing Machine has delivered us another hit. This time, 1971's winner, uh, The French Connection, starring Roy Scheider. Thanks for listening to the Spoiler Alert podcast. Please visit us online at movieoutsiders.com, where you can see what films we'll be discussing next, comment on our recent episodes, suggest movies to review or topics to discuss, or submit questions for the five questions segment of the podcast. Stop by and visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash movieoutsiders, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at movieoutsiders. If you're a fan of the show, we'd really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast subscription service you use. We'll be back again next week with another episode, but until then, enjoy the movies.